Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Let's take a quick break. You know what's one of my favorite things to do post-dancing rehearsal? Not going to lie, it's putting on some sweatpants immediately and having a drink. You all know I love a glass of wine or two, but I also like to switch it up. So lately, Jason and I have been making a little cocktail at night using Rum Haven. Rum Haven believes Mother Nature did things right, so it's crafted using real coconut water and not using artificial preservatives or flavorings. It is so incredibly refreshing. I mentioned I like to add it to a cocktail, but it's also actually great over ice with a splash of club soda. It tastes like I'm on vacation, sitting on an island somewhere far, far away which is without a doubt a great feeling, especially during these crazy times. So make sure to follow at Rum Haven on Instagram because they post all types of these seasonal recipes. They do giveaways and tips. Plus, when you go to discover.rumhaven.com, you can find their latest blogs, quizzes, and any promotions they have going on. On one of their latest blog posts, they actually have some tips about planning your virtual watch party, which is pretty perfect since everyone's favorite reality show is back on Tuesdays. Be sure to have a little virtual drink with me, sip some rum haven, maybe even while you're listening to the pod. Let me know what you think. Celebrate more for less at HomeSense. More yummy, the best cookware by far. And three cheers for bar. More I love it gifts from chocolate to spa to ooh la la. HomeSense, cheer is here. Denny's is May the 4th, and man, am I excited, and we're going to have a whole bunch of people here. We have a whole crowd here. Guys, how are you doing? Pretty exciting right away here at Denny's, and joining us on the council today, first, I'm excited to have her. She's back again. She has been kicking butt here on the council. Rosie, the Jedi Knight, is here. Hello, Rosie. How are you? It's great to have you. And when we heard we were going to be doing, uh, we were going to be at Denny's, and we were here, and we're going to be, they were going to be giving us food, and we were going to be able to see all the new stuff that they were doing with the Sola campaign. There's only one person I thought of, and it wasn't Ken Knapsack. It was Mark Ellis. Here he is. Mark Ellis is here, and he's eating. He's eating. Fantastic. Is it good? What do we got? Cuisine is always here, Christian. Yep. So much great food, trading cards, collector cups to get into. But first, yep. did y'all see the spot that they ran before this? The like, it's it's basically like you're at a Denny's in a galaxy far, far away, which is kind of how I feel right now. Well, yeah, we were able to we put that uh, that commercial up on Collider, and we were able to kind of really go into that whole thing. It looks like a scene that is eventually going to happen inside of the movie because we know that the whole the Sabbath game where Han gets the Falcon. We knew we that's already legendary, but now we get to see it on film, and that's what they're doing here in this commercial. I think, yeah, it's really cute to see the two kids echoing what's going to be an iconic scene and kind of hinting at that and 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 looking at what we're gonna maybe get to see whilst also showing off everything they're doing here. But we could recreate that here today because, like, I could bet you my Ford Fusion and we could roll the (laughs) dice with it and we could see what happened because the game of Sabak is one thing, then you also have the introduction of who is going to be everybody's favorite character, Mr. Therm, Scissor Punch, (laughs) is in there. Yeah. 
Big plug for Thurm, scissor punch it. I think Thurm actually worked at Denny's for a period. Yeah. I think he was a roommate of Denny's in college. He's still, he's back there in the kitchen somewhere. Speaking of, they gave me an honorary hat. Uh, they gave me a Denny's hat here today, and they actually embroidered my name on the back of it. You can see it says Armando right there. So very happy. Thanks to Armando who's running the ship here. And um, there's so much exciting stuff to get into. Before we get into the actual meat of the episode, when we run you through all the movie news and other things going on in the world of the council, I'm thrilled to be at Denny's. Denny's has been a huge staple of the Ellis family since I was an Air Force brat and we were on the road. We were at a new Air Force base, but he always had a Denny's there in the distance, and that was the big Friday night meal for the Ellis family. And here today, we're debuting some of the new menu items they have at uh, Denny's you guys can check out. So we have the Light Speed Slam, which is the healthy fit option for somebody like me who currently employs a personal trainer. The Fit Slam includes egg whites scrambled together with fresh spinach and grape tomatoes, and you also get two turkey bacon strips, an English muffin, and seasonal fruit. And we have the two moon skillet, diced ham, fresh spinach, sautéed mushrooms, and hash browns, topped with gouda cheese sauce, cheddar cheese, and two eggs. And then the one on Christian's brain and his tummy is the blaster fire burger. You get your chipotle gouda cheese, bacon, and spicy ghost pepper sauce, top a hand-pressed 100% beef patty. Served with lettuce, tomato, red onions, and pickles on a brioche bun, and with wavy cut french fries. Last but not least, the co-reactor pancake breakfast. It's two buttermilk pancakes topped with fresh strawberries, strawberry sauce, and whipped cream. Plus, get this, a side of crystal crunch rocks and a pitcher of warm citrus sauce to pour over your pancakes to make them go pop. Served with two eggs, hash browns, and your choice of two bacon strips or two sausage links, or you can be like me and get all the meat available. So a whole lot of exciting food menu items to get to, but that's just the start of the Star Wars experience here at Denny's because we also have these collector cups that I'm very excited about with some of your favorite characters. You get the cool Falcon design on there. And I'm proud to say that on Jedi Council, we're actually going to be bringing out some brand new designs. These are the premium collector designs here. You get your Chewbacca. You get your range trooper. Oh, boy, I hope it's got beer in it. This is going to be awesome. Give me that Chewbacca. Oh, that's good stuff. You don't want a range trooper? I like the range trooper, but I mean, Chewie's got the goggles on. So apparently uh, Rosie has a thing for Chewbacca, and I don't know if she's going to be competing against other Wookiees. It looks like there might be some sort of backstory with Chewbacca and a lady friend, so... I got a lot of respect for Marla. I would never do that, but I do love Chewie. Something else you can grab here at Denny's, which is the collector trading cards right here. Now, these are good for two purposes. One, they're awesome Star Wars cards provided by Tops, and also every pack you buy, a portion of it is going to be donated to No Kid Hungry, which is a great charitable organization. The more packs you get, the better chance you have of getting one of the special foil cards. They made these special foil cards. There's one in every hundred packs, and they're already going for like a couple hundred dollars on eBay right now, which is a lot more than my Canseco rookie card, so make sure the more you get, the better chance you have of checking out one of those special foil cards. And so I'm going to open my pack right here. I don't know if it's going to be a Luke, a Han, a Ken Griffey Jr. I don't know what's <laughs> going to be in here. I got a Chewy. Got a Chewy right there. I got Lando. Right off the bat. That's a Lando. That's a, I'll trade you a Chewy and a Kira therm, for therm, a Lando. Therm, therm, therm. Did you get a Therm? I got Therm! You got Therm? <laughs> Get Therm. I did. Uh, Therm and Val. All right, I love it. So I guess they let the host of the show have Therm scissor right. punch. I guess that's how that works out. 
The, uh, the last thing to tell you guys about here before we get into the show is uh, what's something that's really cool that you can check out right now. Denny's.com is the Smuggler's Dice Sweepstakes, which is basically giving you the fans the opportunity to roll the dice. You're rolling Han Solo's dice, and you can win a lot of great prizes that range from Denny's food, like coffee, pancakes, the Pancake Puppies milkshakes, or you can even get some free tickets courtesy of Fandango Movie Code. So the rules are simply, go on Denny's.com, you can roll up to three times per day, and you can win a whole lot of fabulous stuff and that is going to be going through June 25th so get in there and roll away you could win Denny's food maybe even a Millennium Falcon I'm told we're not giving away a Millennium Falcon on the dice but everything else under the sun here at Denny's you can enjoy and with that being said uh, let's talk some Star Wars dude great right as I have a piece of bacon in my mouth Um, (laughs) all right yeah let's get into movie news and that's everything happening in the world of Star Wars movie news. And Mark, we got no. You don't take a bite yet because you got to tell me what the movie news is. Okay, uh, the movie got? news is. Oh right, I do this on the you show. Do this on the show. <laughs> Forgot I do this. So Disney and Lucasfilm have brand new um, behind the scenes. They've actually been a few different of these featurettes, but they released a new one that has the new footage and creatures of. And you also get to see Han Solo as a soldier. Right. So it looks like he's behind enemy lines a little bit. And I know we talked about this briefly on Movie Talk, but it's really fun to see this because they give some new footage, but I don't feel like it's spoiling anything new in the movie, and I like watching the cast and crew talk about the picture as well. This is my favorite thing that I've seen so far in Solo, because I think that any concerns that we had about Arnreich, when you see you see what he's doing as Han Solo, you start to feel that, because my biggest concern was, is it going to feel like Han? Not is it going to feel like Harrison Ford, is it going to feel like Han? And a couple of spots that I saw, I wasn't there yet, but there's stuff that he did in this featurette, and then you hear more about the character of Han, and you hear Kasdan talking about yeah. Han. That's the guy who brought him to life. And the first time, it was, yeah, Lucas created him, but when you really look at what Kasdan did for Han Solo, Kasdan breathed that, that life of that, that, that fiery personality that we know of Han Solo. And if we get that, if we learn how he becomes Han Solo, that's what... Iger meant, by the way, how he gets the name of Solo, not, not some fake names. I loved what, what I saw in it. The fact that we also see some of this stuff like him being a soldier, that's also stuff that he had heard in Legends. That's stuff that, in, that back in the day you always kind of knew there was this Lord, like if you were a really hardcore Star Wars fan, you knew these things about Han, you knew that uh, Chewie owed him a life, that you knew all this stuff. Now it looks like it's pushing its way into the feature film. And I'm starting to get more and more excited about this movie, way more than I was like, three weeks ago. Yeah. How do you um, feel about it? Me, I totally agree with you. Like, I love seeing the legend stuff push its way in. I think what's really smart about this is, like you said, hearing Kazdan talking about how Han is the most interesting character. We all know that he loves Han and everything, but hearing that and knowing that he is not only behind this movie, he's involved in this movie, he's talking about it. How often do you see Kazdan in backstage stuff? You know, and he's there and he's saying it's a favorite character. I love that. I think they did a really incredible job of, like you said, the teasing stuff. So there was a couple of things I noticed in that. You see the dice hanging. He right. hangs them onto the, I think it's the little... Those dice uh, are going to have so much to do in this movie. Right. I mean, like, especially after everything with Last Jedi. It's all... like And when you go back and watch that scene, there's going to be so much yeah. more to what those dice mean. It's so exciting. And I think in this, you, they're just on the little um, speeder that you see him and Kira in early on. Yeah. And also, like, I love seeing uh, Corellia because you've never really seen it, the homeworld. And then... There's a bit, just this is the kind of stuff that I think they're doing really well with this movie where in the background you can see them lifting these domes up and they look like the domes that they are on the command um, bits of the Super Star Destroyers and stuff. And I really love how they're like using it to kind of weave more into Star right. Wars lore. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that too because they, there's, there's some, we're going to talk about it a little later. In the last shot, they actually play, they talk about Corellia, they talk about how, how they build ships. It's, it plays into it. So they're really diving deep into that stuff. So that's also, 
yeah. pretty exciting. I mean, who would have thought that we would have gotten so emotional about, which was basically a joke in A New Hope, just the dice hanging, the Millennium Falcon, right. and now all of a sudden, The Last Jedi made them so much more spiritual, and then we get to see a hint of them in this movie, too. It, there's dice in the mirror, the license plate says fresh, and, it, you know, it's a movie, <laughs> when it was announced, I didn't know that I needed a Han Solo movie, and I even said as you much, said it, I don't yeah. think I need this movie, but now that I've seen all this material, I need to see this movie, if that makes sense, because I think one of the underrated things about The Force Awakens is the collaboration between J.J. and Lawrence Kasdan, because it's one of the selling points of how they got Harrison Ford to want to come back and commit to playing Han Solo's because Lawrence Kasdan writes this character so well, whether it's Harrison Ford and hopefully whether it's played by Alden Ehrenreich. Well, that's the thing, is that as much as, yeah, it's Ron Howard's movie now, as much as all this cast, this movie, for, I mean, it's even more so than Lucasfilm's movie, this, this movie is Lawrence Kasdan's. You really look at everything that he wanted to do with the script, you look at everything where there were rumors that he wanted to direct it, but he couldn't because of the legal stuff with the Writers Guild and everything. He was so, this, this script, to him, he put his heart, his soul, and his son did as well too, but he really put the effort into this movie, and you can tell so far of what Ron Howard reshot anyway. Um, you right, know, fun fact is that Lawrence Kasdan wrote most of this movie at that booth right over there. Yeah, yeah. He just holed Historical up at Denny's, Denny's and cranked out the solo script, and uh, Lord and Miller weren't shooting it, so we got Ron Howard in there. <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, next up is we have a new casting call for a female lead for Star Wars Episode Nine, And uh, it, if you have to excuse yourself to go actually audition for this role, we will understand. We have, uh, it's going to obviously be a fresh face that's added to canon. And uh, the role calls for somebody named Caro is the name. Um, it's a preference for an African-American actress to play the role of Caro. She has a captivating naturalness and is a leader and problem solver. She also supports a sense of humor and has a strong will. I almost fit that description. Um, <laughs> Christian, we're casting somebody new to play Caro. What does this tell you about the direction J.J.'s taking episode 9? maybe even away from how we saw The Last Jedi. It doesn't tell me anything about the direction of, of the movie. What it says is that you knew they're gonna get, you're going to get new characters. You kind of have to. Where we leave off from Last Jedi, there's really, we need more characters in order to tell more of this story, especially because the galaxy, they're, they're, they say at the end of the movie how much more they have to expand, how many more people are out there, the fight that's coming. Even more so to show that you can't continue that movie right after where you left. It's got to be years later. And... Don't buy into it at all that her name's going to be Caro. There's no chance. Um, but as far as the... I think that one thing you have to be cautious of, especially with J.J., anything that you hear, any leaks, don't buy it. That mystery box in SOB. He is, J.J. is the <laughs> king of, of leaking stuff and saying, oh, oh guess what, guess what? Uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to have all these different characters in there. And do you remember the, uh, the script leak from Force Awakens? It was like... When you saw the movie, you knew what fakes part, yeah, how yeah, they yeah, adapted yeah. it, right. but you were like, that's not what happened. Like, right. He's the king of that. Well, they, 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 they said, oh, guess what? The lead of the movie is actually going to be lumpy. No, it's not. It's, <laughs> uh, so, but, you, he, you have, but you have J.J. He's the king of that. Last week, I think the Mara Jade thing, I totally believe was a J.J. leak. I can't believe anything else except that. But I do believe this is a role. I just think that maybe that could also be a leak that he wants people to know that. He wants people to know this. There's going to be other characters come out besides just this role. Yeah, I, I think it's like preparation, sort of. Because right. we, like, after Last Jedi and how divisive it was to a lot of fans, the idea of expanding canon and introducing new characters is something that they're going to have to get comfortable with. So I think it's, like, smart of him to do these kind of leaks. I also think it's exciting. Like, I know... I was always, I, I love Daisy Ridley and I love The Force Awakens, I love the new Star Wars um, movies, but 
the girl who almost got the part of Ray, I think she was, it was just down to her and Daisy, was an indigenous actress. So there's mm. an alt universe where both of those leads was a black guy and an indigenous woman. And I think it's really cool that they're looking to diversify the characters more and to bring in like preferably like a black woman as a lead in a Star Wars movie that'll be like a big first and stuff. So I think it's I think it could be really exciting. I also agree with you, I don't trust any leaks from JJ. Yeah. So Which is kind of the fun way to have, because people, like, look at everybody here today. We all crave Star Wars information, and we want to parse it to death. Even if part of us is hesitant to know everything about a movie, we right. cannot help. It's like snooping for presents on Christmas Eve. If I know they're in my mom's closet, I'm going in there, even if I don't yeah. want it ruined it's for true, me. true, but you got to be careful, though, with that, too, because J.J., the one thing, though, and I think that his Lucasfilm wasn't even prepared for this, J.J. is so secretive sometimes, and it's like, you don't need to be overly secretive. I get it, Star Wars, you don't want to spoil it, but... I think that the way that even like with Marvel, the way Marvel's done it, they've kept, they kept the Avengers Infinity War pretty quiet for the most part, but you still got enough information from it. It's like, you don't want to shut the fans out completely. You want to let, you know, some, like, some fun, some, some tidbits here and there, like, because it is fun to fly in blind, but you can also give a couple of nuggets yeah, here and there. Especially because of how passionate the fan base is. Like you said, like, people, anything you do give them, people are going to hang on to it, they're going to care about it, they want to know. So that whole, yeah, like, complete silence is no good, and I think it's why sometimes, like, the leaks, like the Mara thing, that was so obviously like a cute set name to kind of taunt and get fans excited. And it is exciting, you know. I, my heart, like, kind of glowed and was like, oh my god, even though I know it's not. When you go back to, like, Michael Arndt's original script, and from the rumor if you believe it, with George Lucas, George Lucas and Michael Arndt's script, were about the twins and from old school legends, and that um, and people thought that the twins were going to be in the movie, and maybe at one point they were. We don't know, but maybe that was like, let's leak stuff from the old draft. I mean, so there's tons of stuff that could pop out, but this is this is a, it's a we're going to get new roles. Is basically what we're going to get new roles, but I'm curious just quickly for y'all's take. Do you think that they're going to continue to do what we've gotten hints of what they did with Solo? I mean, we'll know more when we when we actually see the movie. But do you think they incorporated some stuff from Legends, or will oh, try yeah. to do yeah. that in, in Episode Nine? I, I definitely I think. Like, when I first saw this, I was like, oh, my God, maybe it's, like, Ken Altar. Like, maybe they're really going to do a Young Jedi Knight story. I don't think they'll go that deep, but do I think that this character could likely be someone who might train alongside the new Jedi or be someone who's Force-sensitive, who, who plays an important part in the story? I'll tell you something I know that I'm not... It's not going to be a big, uh, big favorite. What do you know? Who, do you, who I, are you talking I to? I don't know anything. <laughs> but, what, but what I'll tell you is I would not be surprised. This is something I want to see, but I don't, I'm not feeling it as much anymore. I don't think we're going to see Rey training a whole bunch of Jedi. I want to see it. It's something that I think that should happen, but I don't think we're going to see that. I think we're going to see maybe a couple Force users here and there. What I'd love to see is a brand new bunch of Jedi, and they're fighting up against the, Rey, the, the, you know, the Knights of Ren or some new Dark Side users. I don't think we're going to do that. I, Can you I, imagine Ray training a bunch of kids? Because, like, here's no. the thing. <laughs> no. it's, like, it's like one kid raises a broom, and now right. everybody wants to go to Jedi camp. Right. And you have to train, like, thousands of kids. Right. None of them have any talent. There might be one that kind of can has one midi-chlorian in his right. elbow. Or, those guys are, or they're all destined to go to the dark side because they're all pissed yeah, yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. yeah. they've been ignored for their whole lives because right. they weren't, like, trained. I think it's likely that we will see more Force users. Yeah. I think whatever. I think, like, The Last Jedi and Broom Boy and everything hinted at, it's a much more democratized, if you use the force, you use it in your own way and you go with it kind yeah. of thing. You know? All right, well, what's, what's next? The two characters I agree with most in the last year's cinema are Thanos and Luke Skywalker. Yeah. It's time for the Jedi to end. <laughs> Our next story is about Colin Trevorrow, who was originally slated to direct episode nine. However, it appears now, uh, we're going to go by a tweet from Scott Wampler from Birth Movies Death, that said that he actually knew about this and that Colin Trevorrow was fired months before the story was made 
public, which is very interesting, and for no other reason, because maybe they were planning something different for a while. It also, if the timeline is is taken at face value, then he may have been let go before the unfortunate passing of Carrie Fisher, which is what raised my eyebrow. I mean, I had the pleasure of interviewing Colin Trevorrow um, when he was promoting the book of Henry, and judging by this timeline, he'd already known that he was not going to be working on episode 9, but I asked him, what's it going to be like doing episode 9? And I thought he was very... Um, he was very democratic about it, how he thought Star Wars, uh, it'll always stick with me what he said is that it was a huge campfire with a lot of great storytellers. Better than dumpster fire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's what you could have surmised from right, this right. if we had known the information at that time that he had already been let go. What do you make of this, Christian? Um, well, it's not uncommon when it comes to news that way. Like, if you, like certain things that are, like, for example, Deadpool being rated R when they announced that they... They knew when it was going to be rated R. They just they, they choose when to release it. And Wampor's tweet said as much that a lot of times he gets stuff, but you can't really corroborate. Right. It, so. It's a matter of when you can get. It's like anything in news. It's it's when you can get ahead of it, or do you need to get ahead of it? Can you plan out if you have a target date of when you want this information to get out? Can you do that? And that's what I think that they were like. Okay, look, Stravaro's not the guy. From everything that I hear about Stravaro's version, is that honestly, and I and I like Stravaro as well. I heard the script just wasn't very good. I heard that he wasn't the right guy for the job. He wasn't. He wasn't vibing. I know they got those reports that he got. He got the idea of Luke more than 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 you know anybody else did. And from what I heard is that he understood the lore and he understood the uh, like the connectivity of it all very well. And he's a big fan, but his script wasn't very good and his take wasn't very good. So. Unlike what has happened before with Lord and Miller and Gareth Edwards, they didn't go forward and then take him off halfway. You know, this is a decision I actually approve of, where it's like, okay, good. They, they caught this beforehand. Conversations with JJ, they were trying to get JJ after The Force Awakens. Yeah, they and wanted him to do a whole They wanted challenge. to do it right away, and he's like, no, 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 I'm good. And then my personal opinion is that he saw, he read, he saw some stuff that he didn't like from from Last Jedi, and he's like, all right, maybe I will come back. Because you're gonna see, <laughs> you're gonna see a lot of stuff happen. I think in in the next movie that. You, you're going to switch. You're going to see. I, yeah, you are going to see retcon talk, stuff. We know that. No We've about talked it. about that so much. Yeah. There's like there's three or four things that I would put money on. You know, Easily. odds on that he's yeah. coming back. Just to. Does this shock you though at all that that, that this report that they knew months ago? It I mean, months before. It doesn't shock me. I have a weird relationship with like Travell's work, where it's like I loved Safety Not Guaranteed so deeply, and I'm a massive Jurassic Park fan, so I actually like Jurassic World as well for what it is. Um, I saw Book of Henry. I didn't like it. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't upset when they announced that he was leaving, but I had heard before that he would be leaving. I was surprised that they waited until after Book of Henry. I actually thought it was a bit cruel, because it kind of made it look like it was because that movie got bad reviews, right. rather than it being an open conversation about how sometimes artistic stuff doesn't work. And also working on Jurassic World, which at the time was one of the biggest franchises actually, in the world. Actually, you know, you say that, though, and I remember that. I think that when Book of Henry came out, it was a little bit after before they finally oh, said, yeah, yeah, it because was. maybe that's another reason why, because they didn't want it to look exactly mm, like, I like mean, it was directly like, because it had, they, let's say that they had made the decision not to go forward with him. The movie comes out. It's not very good. And then they, they then they make the announcement. Then it looks even worse to where yeah. like, ah, his movie was terrible. So he were, he's out. I think that they maybe wanted to make the announcement, and the movie was not good, and they said, uh, let's hold it for yeah, a second. For like a yeah. month afterwards yeah. or something. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. So the timeline was actually in September is when, is when they announced 
that he was taken away. So they probably, you know, unfortunately, dependent right there, they, Carrie Fisher had probably already passed away, and he was still working on the movie. Because yeah. she passed away the previous December. December. So it, it, it was probably pushed over from there. But um, it is interesting that Colin Trevorrow can keep a secret that long. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean don't I, let that guy, is that's it? a good guy to plan a surprise party. Well, that's business. <laughs> that's business, man. That's also, you want well, to you you keep relationships. I mean, he also has a very... Frank Marshall, and I mean, look at the stuff that he's done before in the past, and he, in Jurassic Park, obviously, the relationship yeah. with Spielberg. He's not going to mess it up. I think that he, he gave some little subtle tweets afterwards. From what we heard in his tweets, he wasn't happy with the way that stuff yeah. went down. We'll never find the real story, but he, well, I guarantee there's a little... There was a great, there was a really great quote that I think I read in regards to Wampler's tweets, where it was like, he was like, you know, I'm going to see The Last Jedi, but I can't experience it like as a fan. Right. It's now it's this experience, which when you read it, you're like, oh, yeah, because he's making the movies. And then after he left, you read it and you're like, oh, that sounds really bleak. Right. Like, OK, yeah. it totally has changed. It's become it's the don't do what you love. Yeah, sure. I wrote. Listen, I wrote for the WWE when I was really young and I did. <laughs> after I was done um, working, I didn't watch for 13 years. And <laughs> so I understand completely. All right. What's next? You did great work on the WWE. Thank you so much. You never watched an episode. Uh, did you guys know that Wookiee? have water in their back, much like a camel. <laughs> and so do stormtroopers. Ah. Uh, our next story involves four of my favorite words, Donald Glover social media. That's right, Donald Glover can be found on social media right now, giving you an exclusive tour of the Millennium Falcon, as will be seen in the upcoming Solo movie. And it's really cool to watch him give a tour because he is just so embodying who Lando is, the, the character, the personality. He's taking us all around the Millennium Falcon, and we got to see a new part of the Millennium Falcon, which he revealed to be his cape room. He has a cape room. Christian, I know you were a bachelor for a long time is there a cooler phrase than would you like to come back to my cape room uh, I don't think so but I can, I can also I can't see this is the good thing about it. I don't know if it was a featurette or if it was part of the novel but one of the things that Han had an issue with with the Falcon was that when he got it from Lando how clean it was and how like and, and this, I think it's from the novel like it, it was like it was glistening and it was it was it looked like a really taken care of property he wanted it dinged up he wanted he, Han made it look like that that we that we saw it. And I really like that element to it. And I think that this featurette shows exactly that. It shows the difference in style yeah. of what Lando's going to do when that's his ship. And we also get to, in the, the in last shot to see what him and, is it L, L, L3? Yeah. Um, the, together, the, the missions that they go on in the Falcon, why it has, it looks so different. People are freaking out when it first well, that's not the Falcon I know. I know it's not because it's Lando's. Cut it out. It's the Denny's Cup Falcon. Is, that's it what is, it is. It is. Um, so anyway, I, I like this featurette because of that. It just gets me more excited for it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, there, there is Donald Glover telling us about that shot that Ron Howard came in and was cooking up that I hope we get to see in the actual movie, which is like the Goodfellas style going through the kitchen yeah. moment where you actually follow somebody walking up into the Millennium Falcon and going all around it. I'm going to lose my mind in the theater if we get to see that. Um, and I can also tell you, based on the cleanliness of the transfer, if you win my Ford Fusion today, it will not be that clean. Right? No. A lot of cereal boxes back there. Um, but I'm full boxes of cereal driving. Constantly. Right, yeah. But did you like the feature? I loved it. I was yeah. actually jealous. I, I, I found out about it not through social media, but a couple of my friends, it screened before they saw Infinity War oh, wow. at yeah. the cinema. Oh, really? And I would have just loved to see that because... Donald Glover is so happy to be in a Star Wars movie, and he's perfect casting for Lando as well. It's everything we've seen is amazing. Like, I still can't get over the line in the trailer where he's like, 
everything you've heard about me is true. Right. It's well, so good. Doesn't that speak to him as, a, as an overall, as just an actor, for what he's able to do? Because you look at he kind of made his name on comedy and stuff. But when you look at him, though, he embodies already, just in the trailers and stuff, of what Lando is. Like, I don't think anyone, not one person has said yet, and, and granted, it, the, the pressure is way more on Alden than it is him, but... No one has said, that doesn't feel like Lando. He didn't even say anything in the first two trailers. Like, it's Lando! Everyone's you know? just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's this really great amalgamation of, like, him channeling Billy D while still making it his own thing and being able to expand on it. I love the featurette. I thought it was so cute. I love the cape room, which I think they, the, when the little header comes up, it's like, the cape armoire or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, and he's like, I got every kind of cape. I got a cape for my sister's wedding, another cape. He's like, this is just in case you get cold. Like, he's just so invested in it, and I love the cape room very deeply. We need to commission Kevin Rubio to do a series of like uh, MTV Cribs in oh. outer space where you're just going around to different characters' houses and that stuff like that. Incredible. So. Yeah. I would love that. Um, all right, what's next? Um, I want a cape room. Next is Ron Howard is going to be on Good Morning America today. He actually was on there this morning. And look, when you look at Ron Howard, you know that he's not going to show up empty-handed, but I think that it's also because tickets actually go on sale today for Solo, A Star Wars Story. And we also have their uh, work with charity in the past with The Force for Change has been prominent. It's got donated a lot of money for a good cause. So Ron Howard, a number of different aspects of Solo, but that's the reason why he's on Good Morning America. So, Christian, Ron Howard, I want to ask you more about just what a great ambassador he's been for this movie and really for steering the ship, no pun intended, correctly and get all the fans behind a movie like this. He's been the wolf from Pulp Fiction. I mean, he, he, yeah. he really has been. I mean, you look, at, you look at what they needed. They needed someone to clean it up. No one's really talking about how, I mean, because that was bad. When it was going on, it was bad. It looks so well-oiled. It looks, I mean, the movie looks solid. People are starting to get excited for it. What they were able to do, and they were able to put it all together, and Ron Howard was the captain of the ship, and being able to, because of the relationship that he had with Lucasfilm in the past, being able to collaborate so well with Kasdan, of course you want him out there, because of his recognition. He, he's, like, he's like America's dad, right? So he goes out there, and he starts talking, having conversations. You feel at ease. When you hear him talking about the movie, you're like, what's Ron Howard talking about? Oh, Solo, oh, he's doing that. He was really good at pacing, like, it happened, it was a, this huge drama, everyone was like, right. okay, and all the kind of conversations started about Lucasfilm, but he just stayed quiet, and then it was, you know, a peek at the cape room on Instagram, and then it was a the couple social of Social media game it is was on so point. so funny, yeah. like, the stuff where he'd be like, leaked picture, and it's like some boots, just like someone's generic, yep. like, work boots, and then slowly, the, and then what they did was they let the trailers and stuff speak for themselves, and so I think it makes total sense for him at this point to be out there talking about Star Wars, talking about Force for Change, and being like proud now that he's got basically everyone back behind this movie. Well, I think that that's my, that's my point with like what I just said with J.J., right? When Ron Howard, or you just brought up the social game, Ron Howard was taking pictures, and Chewie and like his wife or whoever was in the back, was that, that was in the back, uh, and you could start to speculate a little bit. There was the Mandalorian armor that you thought yeah. at one point was Boba Fett, but then you find out that uh, Paul Bettany's got somebody back there. There's these things that he does, these little Easter eggs. And that's the fun that the fans are talking about. And that's, it's not spoiled, and there's not this secret like box of, like, we're not telling you anything. That's not fun. Um, what Ron Howard has done through social media has been brilliant and a yeah. very good way to get people back on because, again, with Last Jedi divided, right? To where what you want to do with this movie is that you want us, you want it to be that fun adventure. Just I'm going to watch an adventure in space, and yeah. it's an, and it's a western. And Ron Howard has done that so far. Yeah, and I think the other thing about the stories is they're so powerful 
at bringing new people in. I know people who, for them, Rogue One is the movie that made them love Star Wars, and it's the, because it was different. And I think that with Solo and what they're showing in the trailers, it has that potential of just being this fun, 80s kind of family action, yeah. Western, that also is different enough that people can come in and meet these characters almost for the first time. I think Ron Howard also had to give us more than what The yeah. Force Awakens or what The Last Jedi did because you, th this is a different movie that you're selling and especially given where it came from, losing directors and having to reshoot so much of it, yeah. I think this movie needed somebody, like you said America's dad, he was also America's kid on The Andy <laughs> Griffith Show, he was also America's teenager on Happy Days and now he's the guy that directed Willow also. You're, you're <laughs> Not, but you're not wrong in the fact that, like, the other thing that people don't forget, because we've gotten so much of Solo so far, like, trailer-wise, right? Mm -hmm. People forget already that quick that we hadn't seen anything. We yeah. hadn't seen anything. And, like, we're in the trailers. Oh, it's in trouble. Like There's no trailers. It was like every and then we got we counted with everything. Yeah. Now we have menus. We have menus at Denny's. You remember, yeah. like, like you'd come into the studio. It was usually Roca who'd be like, if we don't get a trailer today, this movie's done. Right. It's like, it's going to be fun. Right. I mean, but even me, I thought it was going to be pushed back to December, and now here we are getting excited about it coming out in the summer. There was no way. I have, yeah. speaking of Ron Howard, I have a bold prediction. This might be the uh -huh. boldest prediction that anybody's ever levied here on Jedi Council. Are you ready? Yeah. Ready. Wrong. The voice of Therm Scissor Punch will be provided by Clint uh, Howard. Clint Howard. That's not crazy. <laughs> that's not crazy, but Who's I don't... Who's with me back then? Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. There we go. It's not crazy. I don't think I don't think uh, Therm's going to have any speaking roles, though, unfortunately. Mm. Therm Scissor Punch. Let's, uh, let's, do, let's do one more in the movies, and we'll move to Canada. Our next story is that Clint Howard confirms to be the voice. Scissor <laughs> Punch. No, that's not actually it, but we did get a new poster for uh, the Dolby Theaters in particular. It's a new Star Wars poster for a solo Star Wars movie, and this thing is just, it's so much better than that Jazz Fusion album cover they had like two months ago. Now we're moving into, I mean, this is something that you put up in the office, Christian, right next to your walking treadmill. I think this goes right back to what Rosie was talking about as far as like the, the 70s, 80s feel, but that's what Star Wars is, right? That's, what Star, that's where it originated, and you want that feel, and, and it's that classic shot of Han just with the blaster, and it looks like that looks like I huh? hear the Bee Gees when I see right, this. Yeah, it's, it's I hear true. Them so nice. Yeah, you want so it. Disco, like the outfits. The, I love the uh, poster. I love that they put Han at the back after all the. Do you remember before there was the every time someone's in the back? They're, they're bad, the bad guys, guy. yeah. And, it was, and it was like all anyone talked about for like months. And I love that in this one they're just like, there's Han, he's at the back. We know he's not the bad guy. I love uh, that shot. It's a great it's, shot. It's so good. It's I love that poster. It showcases everything I'm excited about in the movie. It also. Makes me believe that uh, I don't think that Bethany is like the biggest bad by his positioning. You don't. I, I don't. I, I you think still think it's Jabba? <laughs> I wish it would be Jabba. I hope it's not Jabba. Because I, I think, because again, with episode four, is that Jabba and Han yeah. are still kind of like on the same page ish. Oh, yeah, we were having that conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I'm, still, I'm still just hoping Jabba's in it. But like you said, if he's Jabba in, will be in it. Yeah, I think Jabba's ever like on the same page as Han. But he was, I though. If you look like, at that scene in episode like, four, he, said, like, he sends Gorito after this him. This is Han, my boy. Yeah, he's, like, he's like, come like, on. He's like, I got to show you. He's like, you, know, you can't mess with me. He's like, you got you to gotta pay me or I'm going to have to have somebody kill you. If, <laughs> if, if you're in Vegas and somebody comes yeah. up to you and they're like, Christian, my boy, are you yeah. like, I'm going to give this guy my money? I've had that happen. And no, I wouldn't give the money. But all right, now it's time to, to move on. And the good news is we have an audience here. So yeah. we're going to simply say it's that time of the segment that we simply call, What's the Deal with Canon? Perfect. Okay, so this is everything that happens in the world of Star Wars news that's not necessarily the movies, but that could be comic books, TV shows, um, anything, the video games. We're going to talk about it. Books. Mark, what do we got? Uh, first up is Star Wars issue number 
47 is on shelves now. Did you get a chance to check this one out? Um, the Star Wars issue 47, I did not get a chance to get. I have actually started to really get back into the comics, enjoying a lot of the stuff that's been happening. Um, and Star Wars is one of those ones I'm really, the, the Star Wars line is one of the ones that I'm really invested in. It's that one and the Vader one, so I'm looking forward to this one. I don't know what this one's about yet. Have you read I it? I think, I haven't managed to pick it up yet, but from the, the last issue, I think it's the continuation of them being on Moncala. So it's still looking at Moncala. It's uh, Han, Leia, and they're there trying to... Uh, they're trying to like save uh, a leader and try and working with the rebellion on Moncala, which is something the comics are really building in in both this and the Darth Vader comic okay. about the importance of uh, Moncala as like a rebellion base. So you're still really high on Star Wars in the Vader runs. Um, do you think that it's getting too run up against like what we know from the movies, or do you think that it still feels pretty organic to Star Wars and we're not shoehorning too much mythology? In there? I mean, you think there's a lot of stuff that sometimes you're gonna you're gonna run into that. I think when anytime you're reading any of these comics, you'll run into stuff. You'll be like, ah, that's a little accessible or doesn't really work as much but then there's other stuff like that feels exactly like Star Wars that's the not problem but that's what you're going to run into when you're doing so many issues of so many different lines I, I really see and it's one of the things I think that Disney and Lucasfilm have done so well is I actually really think that they um They've built their own new expanded universe with the comics, and that stuff I actually really, I, I really like it as an experience. Like you said, it's kind of almost like the old legend stuff. Some of it's great, some of it you're going to read and be like, right. And and but the comics I think are have been really really strong story wise, definitely, and they definitely for me add to the general overall experience. I like knowing the kind of esoteric lore. I like. The last Star Wars issue, it was like opera season on Moncala, so it was like very silly legends kind of space opera yeah. stuff. Yeah, so I mean, the, the, absolutely. So I mean, I, if you're reading this one, I would obviously say to continue on with it because they're telling a good story, but I, I'm going to pick this one up. Still Vader, the new Vader one is my favorite. If you guys have not read that, please read it. And also want to give a shout out to our buddy Kevin Rubio yeah. here, Kevin, who's in the audience today. Tag and Bink, which was very popular back in the day, is back again here, too. And it just came out. And go check that out by Kevin Rubio, Tag and Bink. And I'm so excited he gave it to me today. I was like, you better autograph it. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, we got that today. That's also on sale, so check that out. Well, if uh, you guys think yeah. that reading comics with pictures is fun, wait till you pick up a full-fledged novel. That's what Christian did with Solo Last Shot. You got a chance to check out the new Han Solo novel. Yeah, again. I finished the entire book. Um, now, normally I read these all the way through, and what I did was... Was I, because of my drive to Burbank and I wanted to finish it for this show, I listened to the audio. Um, and this is the one time, it's funny, because the audio itself I would recommend for like the Thrawn book. I think Mark Thompson, who's one of the best narrators of all time, if not the best for Star Wars stuff, he, there's three stories in this one, right? There's, there is present, which is essentially two years after Return of the Jedi. There's 15 years ago, which is the, the Lando stuff. And then there's 10 years ago, which is the Han Solo stuff. For 15 years ago, the narrator is a woman, I don't remember her name, but I thought she was, she was good. I thought that she, even when she was doing Lando's voice, it, it, it worked. I thought that Mark Thompson doing all the present stuff, which is the majority of the, of the book, was fantastic. And his, he does the straight out Han voice, he does Lando. The problem was that the author does, does the reading of the, uh, the Han stuff, and he's a good writer, not a good narrator. This is one I do not recommend for the audio at all because it sucks you out of it. But then you dive into the actual story of it all, and it's about this doctor that became kind of... It was almost... He starts to, like, program these droids with human parts, and it becomes like it's almost a... It's, it's, it's a crazy type of... Um, it reminded me of the end of like, Kingsman, 
right? And it's a, it's it's this what, what it's able to possess these droids has been working on this plan for a little bit. And you see how it interweaves with Han and Lando and how they've interacted with this guy before. L three plays a part. So there's stuff that this book does very well that made me more intrigued even so to see Solo because the Han stuff takes place right after Solo. The Lando stuff takes place right before Solo. So it's that knowing that they've already met, knowing that this guy has already read the script and he was able to base this stuff off of it. But then watching Han and Ben Solo is in this as a two-year-old, yeah, which is very the interesting. Stuff that I'm most, uh... Yeah, and, and the stuff with the stuff with Leia and Han works really well. It's that stuff I loved. The stuff that I started, like, it, it became a little. It reminded me of some of the stuff I didn't like about Legends back in the day. Some of that stuff where it got really ultra sci-fi, more so than it got sci-fi fantasy yeah, opera. Yeah. But overall, I think it's a it's a book worth the read, especially if you're going to go see Solo. How's uh, how's Ben as a two year old? I'll tell you what, Mark Thompson does an adorable job of, <laughs> of, 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 of speaking as uh, but Ben. He, I mean, can you tell one day he's going to grow up and stab his dad? No, 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 no. He misses his dad. You could, and I love that relationship of it because he even said, "Remember when he says to Ray, he's like he would have been, he would disappointed you yeah. because he was, Han was always gone. Han was always off doing these missions, and it played into stuff that I heard in the Force Awakens, and I thought that was done very well." Some of the other cr- critiques of it. Sometimes there's like, like literally, the word "swamp fart" is in is in the in the book. I could have done without that. Um, so I think I think that you like could have done without that in Star Wars. Yeah, in my everyday talking to like my daughter, you know, hey, hey you know, the things that she like yeah. little kids talk about. Sure, but You're it's not it a couple Ben Solos over there at the Harlow right, house, right? But you? it doesn't. It just modern language sometimes in Star Wars throws me off. Um, and I'll it was a lot I'll of that. I'll tell you what I'll do. What are you going to do for a hundred dollars a day? I will read the book to you on your drive to work. You I'll, I'll stay at your place. You wouldn't do that. We'll be buddies. Yeah. I'll sit in the car. I'll read the book Can to you. Can I pay you $100 not to do that? If you, <laughs> you swamp fart. <laughs> All right. All right what, what's next? Next up is a Episode 1 Racer. The game that was originally for N64 has been re-released, and you can check it out right now. It's kind of a cool thing. That This is from IGN, uh, is the one that had the article. And they re-release it, but a lot of times if you play a game that's like for an N64, it doesn't really hold up if you're trying to play it on your big TV. This one has resolution options. You can change it. So, I mean, it still is dated because it originally came out. And they haven't redone a lot of the graphics, but it's cool to see the episode run Pod Racer, A, because it's a fun game, and also because it's like you get to see how far we've come in the world of also, uh, video games. I think it's like the first time that you've been able to buy it since a year after it originally came right, out. Right. Like it was like the N64 Dreamcast, and then they never released it ever Retro again. Retro games or something. are hot right now. Yeah, so. And who doesn't? Everyone loves pod races, right? That's like the one thing that universally people love from the prequels. Is the, is the pod race y'all's favorite part of Phantom Menace? I still go with the Darth Maul fight yeah, it's scene. Yeah, no, it's not for me, but it's the one thing where a lot of people who tell say, oh, the prequels are bad, or whatever, the one thing that they can say they think is cool and is glad is in canon is pod races. My favorite stuff still in, in episode one is all the Palpatine stuff. Yeah. Anything that he does, like you watch him, him maneuver his way through, even the last, the last line, uh, we'll be watching your career with great interest. Everything that he does in that movie is solid. You put together all of his stuff. I wish he had more to do in that movie. But anyway, um, we have one more thing. This was really cool. Because it's airing on May 4th, we can actually talk about this. We have a, a kind of an exclusive. It'll be out there, but this is an exclusive right now to everybody in this in this restaurant. So what do we got? To everybody here at Denny's and around the world, Lenovo and Disney bring a multiplayer mode to Star Wars Jedi Challenges Augmented Reality Experience. For the first time, fans can have lightsaber battles against each other in multiplayer mode. It's the newest feature expansion for the smartphone-powered augmented reality experience from Lenovo. It's titled Lightsaber Versus Mode, and it's available now in the Star Wars Jedi Challenge app, which is free to download. 
download on the App Store and Google Play. A couple of our fans here brought real-life lightsabers. That's not what we're talking about here today. No. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, dear perfect, God. Perfect. Oh, dear God. No. It's a blue one. We're okay, everybody. It's a right, blue right. one. So this, but this basically, what you just said was that nobody's getting any work done at all at Collider. Because <laughs> we're going to be having those headsets on. The fact we can actually... You wanted to battle each other with lightsabers, not just from watching it, but actually do it for the longest time, and now we get to have fights. And that's going to happen. I'm sure real fights will break out afterwards, <laughs> but I can't wait for this. When I heard this was coming out, I was like, when? Sign me up. I cannot yeah. wait because, you know, give me... And the question is, can you use a double-bladed lightsaber? Can, like, what, can you... Know, can, will the like, hilts change? When they first released the, the Jedi Challenge stuff, I was like... I've already got like a fair few lightsabers. I don't. I want to use a real lightsaber, but I don't need to spend like hundreds of dollars. But now I'm like, now I can fight people. I'm now like, you can fight yeah, somebody, yeah, right? Exactly. I'm ready. I'm just like, get me to. It was smart. Yeah. If I could give you a lightsaber, which one are you going into battle with? Red. I'm, I, you're, <laughs> <laughs> you going classic red? Or are you going double sided? I'd go. I was. I was always classic, just for Vader, man. I think Vader had the most simple, easiest eye, especially now knowing how he put it all together. It's yeah. like, like I, I would just go straight up Vader. Especially if you saw me play Fallout, I, I, I did that with, with the Vader lightsaber, and that was that was horrifying. I feel like I'll probably just, I feel like I always have a hard time choosing between the light and the dark, so just stylistically today I'd go for Mace Windu, because nice. it would match my outfit, yeah, that's, the purple. And he's always And he's kinda... got, you know, he could have a little gray vibe, you yeah, know, he, oh, yeah. he's breaking the rules. I love know? that. We're about to go into a huge fight against the Sith, and your lightsaber has to match your shirt. Yes. That's I've got very my cool. respect to Leia, you know. I am going to say that my lightsaber is the same color green. as my favorite M&M's. I'm going green, yeah, baby. Give me a green. I knew it. All right. Um, okay, now, so that's it. That's everything in the world of canon. We've done everything in movies. Now we're going to do something a little different. Normally, we go through tweet, tweets or we go through the Facebook page. But today, because we have so many Jedi Council fans here, we're going to grab... Wendy's going to be here. She's got a microphone. We have fans All in right. the audience, and they're going to ask questions, and we will answer their questions. So here we go. Wendy, let's get some questions here. I found my first victim. All right. I'm going to come take a seat over here. Hi, sir. Hi. How are you? What's your name? My name is Michael Fleming. What's up, Michael? And what is your question for the council? Hey, council, what's the over-under on, over on having a lightsaber actually show up in this movie? In Solo? Ooh. It's a great question. Um, you want to put a percentage on it? A percentage? The only percentage... I, let's, set it, let's set it at 15%. 15. 15 I think it's a little high, but I'll... You say it's higher than... So I you think, roll it over. I think that the... I think the likelihood of a lightsaber, a hilt or something showing up, very Do, do you mean ignited, or do you mean... Oh, he means ignited, not just a hilt. Ignite. You asked him, and he's like, damn right, ignited. <laughs> <laughs> That, yeah. I, I think it's like a is, remnant or something. I think that is like less likely. Right. So 15%, you're going under. I'm going under. Where would you go? 15%. Oh, this is so hard. Because I feel like Solo wants to make a statement, the movie does, yeah. to be like, we don't need lightsabers sure. to make a cool Star Wars sure. movie. So I don't think you're going to see when I'm going under. Going to go under? All right. Is Vader good? But Vader might. Sh- here's yeah, the thing. That's the thing you know. Here's, that's a, the num- no, here's the thing. This is, what I, this is the only reason I'm going to go. I would go 16%. And I'll, and I'll tell you You're why. You're such a swamp fart. I know. I am. I'll tell, I'll tell you why. Because the only time I can see it happening at all is in that scene when he's firing, right? And very similar to like Boyega looking off in the distance, you see Vader swinging a lightsaber. Yeah, if you yeah. saw that, I don't think anybody would be like, oh, what's Vader doing here? Like, That's cool. He's kicking somebody's face. In. Yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then you don't see him and it's just kind of a cameo. But I don't need it in it. I don't need a lightsaber in it because... Exactly what you just said. It's not. It's it's not necessary. Solo is also the mumbo jumbo, and you never really. Saw, I mean, 
you don't really need any of that stuff. I think that you sh- I, I would I would prefer not to see Darth Vader. I say all these preferences I have. I see the movie and it's awesome. Mind. It's great. Yeah. But in Rogue One, we did such a great job of seeing Darth Vader light up his lightsaber one last time. Unless you're going to top that, I don't yeah. want to see him do it. So yeah, like, I think I'm good. If they give him a, if they give someone a lightsaber, it has to be something really outrageous. Like it has to be like Chewie has a lightsaber or something. It just if they have to, it has to be like ridiculous because otherwise I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I I, I would. If you're looking off in the distance and Han's squinting as far as like what's that and you just see this he red slice, red. I'd be okay with it. But I don't think we're going to see an actual fight. Um, all right, what's next, Wendy? We're doing questions. You're right. You're right. Hey, hey. I found a lightsaber. Oh. Speaking of lightsabers, nice. a red one. <laughs> this one belongs to Sith uh, Zakaya. What is your question for the council? Uh, if you could change one thing from the Last Jedi, what would it be? Um, I know what you'd change. It's, 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 he says, Luke looks at Luke <laughs> looks at, at Kylo, and he, he says to him, "See you around, kid." They pick him up, and he's in the next movie. You know, <laughs> he didn't have to disappear. He didn't have to. I mean, for the narrative, sure, it made sense, and everything was poetic. And it's like, let me let me get let me get that whole scene of him. See you around, kid, and then he's back in the next movie. You don't need to kill Luke. Here. Still thinking. Yeah, and no canto, but um, I knew. Yeah, but that's like, I mean, it. That just kind of is what it is, as opposed to, like, there is part of me that still wants to see Luke, like, light up the green lightsaber and be a hero, but I thought it was so beautifully explained Mm -hmm. in the movie that, because that's another thing with preferences. Like, I walked in having a preference, but the movie was able to win me over to a different way of seeing the Jedi, so the one thing I would change about The Last Jedi is that I would be a little nicer to people who didn't like the movie, and I would prefer people who didn't like the movie to be a little nicer to us oh, who did on, like the movie. Oh, come on. What's in the movie? Don't worry right, about right. out. All right. Um, I, would, uh, I would have... Um, I think I'd probably have a little bit uh, more for General Leia to do other than heal for yeah. the second half of the movie. Yeah. You know? I think I'd, I'd like to see her be more a, a person of action and the leader that she is, as opposed to just uh, you know Hermione floating in outer space. Sure, you know I've cha- I've changed my stance on that, by the way, with Leia. Um. I think they're going to figure out, and I, I think it's going to do something with her in Episode Nine. Whether it's remember what they talked about, I started thinking about this this conversation we had on Jedi Council a long time ago about Tarkin, when mm-hmm. we were talking about Tarkin being in Rogue One, and nobody knew whether or not he was going to be like timeline wise, he's got to be in it. What are yeah. they going to do? And one of the suggestions that was th- that we throw around that I think holograms, I yeah. think that I think she's going to be around. I think she's going to have a role. I don't think they're going to do the funeral thing, which is I think still they probably should do that. I don't think they're going to recast. No. I think that they might do something with a voice actress, but they won't recast her. Yeah, they they already have a great Leia voice actress from the the animated stuff. Yeah, so yeah. you know they, I I love the Lost Jedi as everyone knows. Um, it's so good. I, I love it deeply, and I'm sorry. Um, I, <laughs> but like, if I if I was gonna change something, I, I would like yeah, more layers always good for me, especially because it's the last movie carries in layer and Holdo together more, especially because I've read uh, Claudia Gray's book right. Princess of Alderaan, yep. which just builds that relationship so fantastically. Like that would have been enjoyable for me. But really, when I watch the Last Jedi, like you said, like going with preferences, but especially like on later watches. That movie, it, work, it works for me, yeah. so um, I w- I'll keep it. And I would love a confirmation that Biston the Space Monkey survived the end of Rogue One. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think he got off in time, but I th- I'm, I'm nervous about it. All right, Wendy, what's next? I'm here with the chosen one. Tell us your name. Nice. My name is Anakin. Great shirt, Anakin. Is that your real name? That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So my question is, we know that Alden Ehrenreich is signed for three films to play Han Solo. What if after episode nine we get maybe exactly what we all wanted after 
after the last Jedi or not last Jedi after Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. we get to see him and someone else play a recast Luke and Leia and we actually get to see what actually happened immediately after that or Ooh. we just get a new Star Wars story with the three of them because we didn't get them in Force Awakens it's a great question it's a, it's a tricky question because if it happened if it happened it wouldn't happen for a long time because as for as long as the as long as the layout right now is one a year right so Again, I've been flipping my switches here, but I think again, I think that Obi Wan actually will. I think it happen. will. Happen. I think it. I think it is going to happen now, and I think Obi Wan will happen first. Then I think that Ryan Johnson trilogy will start to get into play. Then I think the Benioff and Weiss series of films is going to happen. So, and, and the Boba Fett movie is still in talks. So whether they're going to be maneuvering and and doing all that stuff, I don't know. But it also comes to the point they come up with a take. Let's say it's Millie Bobby Brown as a young Leia, but I'd probably have to be in. Yeah, a couple of years, you know, to, she could she could do that. Sebastian Stan could be Luke, but they're so off in age. But anyway, point is, if you put three people that they have to have that chemistry, yeah. And if they don't have that chemistry, it won't work. But if they do, is it possible? Sure, but it's tricky. I think I think it's a super cool idea. I I, I think the I I thought that depending on Solo and the, the reception is what would. Mm, decide whether or not the Obi-Wan and other stories will happen and I think that it will I think the fact they're releasing it 10 days without an embargo before and stuff before the release and I think that the only way that that could work is if rather than them being epic and trying to build into the lore it was literally the three of them with some good chemistry on like a fun adventure and they do them more like the stories it's like 90 minutes two hours it's like bing bang here's like a cool adventure they had one time or here's you know Han and Leia when they're together and here's and you'd have to do it as like almost like anthology yeah but that's where they can reference the books as well too not not taking exactly the same the same stories but the lore that has been set for them and don't be afraid to do that but I think that this is where they could actually play into like what the Marvel Cinematic Universe does, right? It's going off Anakin's idea is that you, if you have, and I love that I just said that, um, but, if, but, if, but, if, but if you go off of that idea to where it's like what Marvel does, you, you would have to set up after this solo movie, you'd have to then cast Luke, yeah. have him have his own movie, and then have Leia have her own movie. Because, and, and watch universe. Yes, watch them, watch it work, because the audience first needs to accept this dude as solo, which so far in the trailers they are, and now if they accept a new Luke and a new Leia, then you can do that idea, and then that will work. But throwing them all together right away is a big risk. I, I think it's more than a risk, and as much as I personally want to see the truce occur, the movie, like <laughs> I think that Lucasfilm does not want to seem like they, they're a little desperate yeah. to stay in this time period or with these same characters. Right. You know, They made a bold right. move that Han's no longer around, Luke's no longer around in human form. So I think that them going right back into that well after this movie or announcing yeah. that, I think it might seem like, hey, we're no, we know we're Star Wars and we have infinite possibilities, but we're sticking with these characters. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to happen. I do like the idea, and I would want to see it. Do you think Anakin's friends, because his name is Anakin, they all sit around like, hey, do you think he's going to turn bad this week? Well, like they're waiting well, for they it. don't want to piss him off. Uh, <laughs> no kids allowed right. Anakin. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's do two more. Where's Wendy? I'm right here. Um, with longtime Collider fan, Patrick. Patrick, what's okay. your question? Big fan. Um, so more of a general Star Wars question, kind of a two-parter. Do you think we'll ever see episode films that aren't presented in trilogies? Like, if J.J. wrapped up nine and said, I wanted to continue the episodes, could I just do two and have a story then? And also, more general question, why is it so hard for Star Wars to buck trends, to buck traditions? I don't think it's hard for them. Thank you for the question. I don't think it's hard for them. I think that they, it's, it's just new. It's, like, it's, yeah. it's younger. Remember, before, before Rogue One and, and Solo, 
There were only the saga films, and, and Lucas only wanted to do six movies, and he talked about maybe doing nine and then calling it a day, but there was never this idea to kind of split off, although from what the rumors are is that he was the original one saying, I want to do these spin-off films now, too, and place them all around. So they're just still figuring it out. Yeah. And when I say, and I still don't think right away, that they don't have a full-fledged plan, they don't. And that's, but they can have one. It doesn't mean they're doomed. It means they don't have a plan yet. When they yeah. get that plan and they start to kind of map it out a little bit more, that's when you're going to see things potentially like that. Like, I want to do, and it won't even necessarily be maybe like episode 11, but it's that story, Ray, in 20 years or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. They come back in like 20 years from now, and now we see Ray. Daisy Ridley's been out acting for a little bit, and then she's like, oh, I want to come back, and I want to play Ray again. And, you know, they sign up for a film. Anything can happen as long as people start, uh, keep going to see the movies. I, I definitely, I think that it would be really, e- I've, I've thought actually about this quite a lot, because I feel like after Nine, and the way that JJ's talked about, like, wanting it to link all the three trilogies together, and did it, I think it would be really easy for them to stop having the episodes as trilogies, and I think it might be something they would do, because that's a very closed yeah. thing. I also think that it's like the traditions thing. I feel like Lucasfilm at Disney is doing really well to try and break those, but it's more about like how people react to it and 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 the way that how open people are to those trends. Because things like Ray's parents, right? Like they, I totally understand why people didn't like it, but me and, and a lot of other people that I know and stuff, it seemed like this really radical decision that we never really saw them making. And we, and those are the trends that they try and buck. And it's kind of I think balancing that with the lore and like because Christian pointed this out to me when we did the commentary one of my big things I'm always saying is like people will be like oh well Ray she she never trained and I'll be like well Luke never trained but Christian was like but now there's 30 years of 40 years of lore of how they did train and and so it's about balancing that kind of the newness of the story and the organicness of the narrative with oh by the way there's like 40 years and millions of people who know every single thing that kind of ever could have happened in this galaxy so far. Right. Uh, Christian, there's very few things in life that I'm more assured of than the fact that Clint Howard is voicing Therm oh, sure, sure. <laughs> And one of those is that we're definitely getting something called Episode 10. I mean, think so. Lucasfilm sure. ever, in, ever, yeah. Lucasfilm enjoys money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And if you hey, if you say Episode 10. That gets people yeah. into a right. theater. It's an X. Yeah. 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 And so I think it's going to be a nice closing of these three trilogies or whatever. But the interesting point of the question to me is the traditionalism that Star Wars wrestles with more so than any other franchise. Because mm-hmm. Marvel movies come out in such a, a quick period of time that they don't really have a chance to establish this is how a Marvel movie feels. They can keep shifting tone. Star Wars had three movies that came out that were classic all-time movies. And then we did not see anything. For 16 years, except for Wilford Brimley running around the right. woods with some Ewoks. So those are the three movies that we have. The longer those were the only three movies, the more traditional yeah. they felt. And any movie that did not feel or look exactly like those right. became a departure from tradition. And I think more so than any other fandom, Star Wars fans really get locked in to what the mythology is. So if you try to shift that, yeah. there's going to be a rebellion. Well, but I think that also, I mean, look, and this is this is something. That, now, I think that Avengers Infinity War makes a great case for a lot of what hardcore Star Wars fans have been saying. If you look at, and I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah, they haven't all seen it. I'm not going to spoil it at all. But what I'm saying, the Avengers Infinity War, that movie is for the hardcore comic book movie fan, the Marvel Cinematic Universe fan that happens to explode inside and then casual fans see it because there's things that happen in that movie that fans who know it go, okay, well, this is probably going to happen. There's other people that go, what the hell just happened? Right? And... Star Wars needs to do that more. Star Wars needs to really go from the inside 
play on that core and let it blow out because Marvel Cinematic Universe did it and did it well. And I think they shouldn't be, uh, you shouldn't be afraid to do that. And I'm, I'm wondering, I think Episode Nine is going to do a yes. lot of stuff to where I think there's going to be some, and I, say, I don't say this is a bad thing, I think there's going to be some fan service the same way that Game of Thrones did fan service uh, this past season. I think JJ is going to do a lot of things that we wanted to see in this particular uh, episode coming up. I feel like Rosie is, is Luke and I'm Wedge and we just heard the plan to destroy the Death Star. <laughs> we're going to win and we're going to blow out the coal reactor. Yeah, yeah. All right, last one. Our final question comes from Jennifer. What is your question? My question is, do you think we will get any further information as to Snoke's background in Episode 9? Or do you think they may answer it more in a medium such as books or comics later on? I would say 100% we're going to get an answer in uh, Episode 9. I think I'll put, I'll put, a, I'll put 100% on oh. it. I th- this is one of the things I think J.J. was very clear what he wanted to do in 7. And I, I think that if you went behind closed doors and asked J.J. about did you want that to happen in eight? No, not really. Um, I think absolutely in nine, you're going to get more of who he was, yeah. what's going to happen. I think we're going to get more of the answers. It's not going to be just like some guy that got cut in I half think, with his tongue on the floor. I think it has, because of how they, because of what happened, which again, by the way, I loved it when they killed Snoke. But like, <laughs> I, I think because of that now makes Kylo essentially your big bad. I think you have to know what happened. You have to know who he was. You have to know how he influenced Kylo. I like the mortality of and the fact that it was a move it was a moment for Kylo to take that power, but you still need to know who that person was and how they had that impact on Kylo, you know, over his own uncle. Right. Over this man who trained him who'd been around since his life. So I don't need it, but I, I think it will definitely be in there. And I think they will definitely do a Snoke book or a comic or something. If, if you are J.J. Abrams and you love this character you created, Snoke, and you watched him die in episode eight, <laughs> you have one of two options. You either make it like a shark movie and you say, no, that was baby Snoke, and here comes Mega Snoke! <laughs> or you can explore the canon a little bit more. And I'm trying to think of another time in Star Wars history, movie history, though, that they've kind of given the backstory of a villain and they did it in Revenge of the Sith when he's telling him the the. Play- Tragedy yeah. of, of Darth Plagueis yeah. the Wise. Maybe you get some. Maybe you get a scene like that, which would be some really cool acting chops to see the the explanation of why Snoke was so powerful I, and able to manipulate time and space it, and have them have a conversation. That with each other. would also work really well with the time jump. So yeah. if hypothetically it's been like five, ten years since Snoke was killed and Kylo is this power in nine, you get the story of well, you know Kylo is here, but he's only here because of the tragedy of. I still think here at Denny's we solved the problem of episode nine. I still think there's more to play with with Snoke and Ray. I think that there's stuff that they set up in episode seven with with the with bring me the girl, this girl, even and, the then, and then and then with eight. Had. Well, but even with eight, like there's more with her, him feeling around. I just think that, I think yeah. there's more there with all of it connecting. I don't think it's as simple as just like a Darth Plagueis scene. I think there's more to it. I think that his narrative, whether or not he comes back, which I don't really want to see, or him, something else entirely, there'll be some Snoke stuff for sure. <laughs> he just comes back with his foot. Honey, you'll never believe right. what happened to me. He's, right. he's got the, the Darth Maul spider legs. Yeah, right. Well, Maul can do it. All right, well, listen, that was our episode here of Collider Jedi Council from Denny's. I'd like to thank Denny's for hosting us today. And I'd like to thank you guys. Thanks again for coming out, for having it. Um, Rosie, thank you so much. Where can a good kid find you at home? Uh, Rosie Marks on uh, social media with an X. And um, I write Star Wars columns on Slash Film, and I'm always at Nerdist. 
Mr. Mark Ellis, where can I find you? You can find me and my trusty Chewbacca cup next month, June 7th and 8th at New York Comedy Club in New York City. And then we're going to be doing Fairfield Comedy Club the next night. Get tickets at MarkEllisLive.com. And if you can't wait that long to see me and you want to come out to the West Coast right here, you can see me <laughs> and this guy at the Movie Trivia Schmodown June 2nd at the El Portal Theater in beautiful North Hollywood. Big matchup, Christian. Yeah, well, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping all these guys are out there, too, because it's going to be a Star Wars match. I mean, you're going to get three You're going to get Contenders of Ken Knapsack, Joseph Scrimshaw, and Alex Damon from Star Wars Explained all go head to head to head. You mentioned Darth Maul; they're going to be playing Sam Witwer for the championship. Whoever wins that, it'll be a lot. There'll be a lot of uh, craziness happening. We did one at Star Wars Celebration, and that energy was crazy. If we can do that again at the El Portal on June second, ShmodownLive.com tickets are going, and they're going fast. So make sure you get them now. That's it. Thank you, guys. Thank you to Denny's, and we will catch you next time. May the force be with you. Always. Hey everybody, Mark Ellis here. Thanks for watching this episode. You want to watch more? Then click up here. Or you can click right here for more great content from Collider. If you haven't subscribed to Collider Video, do so right now and share this vid with your friends. Thanks for watching. People notice a healthy smile, but maybe you have tooth sensitivity, bleeding gums, or acid-weakened enamel. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel are trusted specialty toothpastes created to help improve your oral health. For tooth sensitivity, choose Sensodyne. Bleeding gums, get Paradontax. For acid-weakened enamel, Pronamel is the toothpaste for you. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel. Trusted specialty toothpaste to help bring home your healthy smile. Visit Ibotta to earn cash back. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary.